time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. Stay tuned, because it's on now. The Tom Sumner Program. This is a message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Older adults and people of any age who have serious underlying medical conditions are at higher risk for severe illness from COVID-19. If you are at higher risk, you should stay home as much as possible and avoid close contact with people who are sick to protect yourself. Call your doctor if you have concerns about COVID-19 and your medical condition or if you get sick. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Arms open wide. 
Welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. And uh, my guest this hour is the author of Reversing Alzheimer's. He's one of the leading experts on this disease. And this new book offers families hope that we now know enough about Alzheimer's to be able to prevent it and even reverse it. Dr. Timothy Smith joins me now by phone. Tim, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Um. There was something I was going to ask you about this, but I forgot. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Tell it, me about your book. But this, but this is one of those. Um, Alzheimer's is one of those things that's often made fun of. But for people who are dealing with people going through it, it can be really heartbreaking. What What is Alzheimer's, and and what really happens? Is it a natural part of aging? First of all, you're absolutely right. It's 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 a it's a horror show. It's a nightmare for both the patient, him or herself, and caregivers, family, friends, and even the doctors. And so, um, and what happens is it is a breakdown in the structure of the brain, literally, uh, it, that that starts out uh, at a very slow pace as altered biochemical metabolic reactions in the brain, and then if it isn't uh, reversed or treated, which hasn't been possible up till now, it moves on into actual damage to the cellular structure of the brain. So it's a progressive neurodegenerative disease that up until now, there's been no cure for. The disease was discovered by Alva Alzheimer, MD, a German neuropsychiatry researcher in 1905. He presented the first papers on the subject, and the disease took on his name a few years later. And in the 100 years since, the 110 years since he did that presentation, there has been absolutely no treatment that worked, no cure. The, in the last 40 years, our pharmaceutical industry has spent tens of billions of dollars trying to find a drug that would put a stop to it and uh, treat, treat it in some way. Not a single one of hundreds of possible drugs that got to phase three testing, none of them worked. And until 2014, when Dr. Dale Benson, uh, discovered how to treat it, and I'll tell you how that works in a second, there was absolutely no cure. And it was thought that it was a disease where a single drug would solve the problem. And that's where most of the research was focused, and that's where all the mistakes were made. But Dr. Bredesen realized, and us, actually many of us in the field were starting to realize at the time, back in about seven or eight years ago, is that Alzheimer's is actually not one disease. It's many diseases. It's as many diseases as you have patients because it manifests differently. The causes of it manifest differently in each patient. So the, so the treatment can't be a one-size-fits-all, what we call monotherapy drug. It has to be a, a uh, personalized program for each patient. 
Yeah, but we, but what, what Dr. Bredesen did that no one else had done was he realized that functional medicine, which had been around for quite a while at that point, was a perfect platform for doing that. And he, he, uh, that's what he did. He applied functional medicine principles, which are to treat the causes of disease, uh, to Alzheimer's. And uh, what makes it tricky is the cause is different. The combination of multiple causes is different in every patient. So each treatment program had to be, as I said, personalized. So I... that's the that's the the long story of Alzheimer's. And now we finally have a cure. The big challenge now is getting the word out, and that's what my book is about. Well, and, and that's important, too, because one of the things that I wanted to ask you is very often people interchange Alzheimer's and dementia. Yes. Dementia, the, the, the key to it is this. Dementia is a symptom. It's just a symptom of no memory. In fact, dementia means removal of mental processes, dementia. It's no memory. It's memory loss. Uh, Alzheimer's is a diagnosis. It's, a, it's a, actually a disease process that's pretty well defined at this point. Very difficult to diagnose it in a living patient. In fact, the only real diagnosis that works is by autopsy. But we do know that it's a specific disease. And, and a lot of people think of, of dementia as something that that can't be addressed or dealt with, that it's somehow a natural process of aging that hits different people differently. Well, I, that, is, uh, that is a common misconception. And um, in a way, uh, because of the uh, way the disease manifests uh, on a pathology level, it in fact looks looks like it is. But what, what Alzheimer's really is, is the, uh, as we get older, the brain starts becoming more and more sensitive to the toxins and inflammatory stresses that it's experiencing. And it re- reacts in a certain kind of way. And the way that it reacts is to make these plaques and tangles and things that characterize Alzheimer's. So in a sense, it is a it is a disease of old older age. The fact that we're curing a lot more cancers and heart disease has pushed it to the forefront. Uh, it went from being about the six number six killer uh, up up to where it is now at number three. Because and it, went, it made that change made that rise because the those diseases had been removed and so people are living longer. And if the brain is living longer, it's more exposed to these stresses. And, and if I could, just to, not to ramble, but the, the whole question that you're asking really comes down to what are the causes of Alzheimer's? And, the, and these causes are all, like you said, uh, breakdowns that happen as a result of environmental stress and time in an older brain. And they're things like a high blood sugar, like not enough B-complex vitamins, like low vitamin D, for example, uh, exposure to toxic metals, which I know in Flint is a sensitive point. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Uh, I could go down the list, but that's what we test for. This is all very straightforward testing that we do. That's the, f- the first step is get my book, Reversing Alzheimer's, because it'll tell you all about how to do this, and it's really uh, pretty much a do-it-yourself thing. Uh, 
the uniqueness of my book is it's the first book that actually shows people how to do this themselves. You can get testing done without a doctor's order. I go through all of that in the book. There's a, actually a sample lab test order. These are all basic, fundamental, cheap tests that we do every day, but they, but they give us a, a list of what the causes are, where the weak points are in each patient that, needs to be, that, that need to be treated. And knowing that, uh, the, the, we put together, or the patient can, for themselves can put together a program, and I explain the book also goes into, for each marker, what do you do to fix it? And uh, they design a program for themselves. In some cases, a little professional help might be needed for, say, thyroid problems or sleep apnea. But for the most part, it's something that we can all do for ourselves. These are lifestyle changes. And I think that's maybe the key answer to your original question here is it isn't like a drug is going to ever solve the problem of Alzheimer's. We have to treat lifestyle. And lifestyle changes are what cause it. And lifestyle exposures, I should say, are what cause it. And, and that's how we treat it. And when I say lifestyle, I mean some very simple, simple but complex in a way things. Simple because it's just diet, supplements, and exercise. Those are the lifestyle things. Changing them is not easy for people, but the idea is pretty straightforward. And it, and it befuddles the entire medical research industry because they're tuned into molecular processes, and it is that, but really the, the treatment we can go into more about the genetics and really some astonishing discoveries later on if you want. The genetics of it is that that we can change the way our body manages its resources if we stop putting bad things in and start putting good things in. Bad things are things that alter the genes in a way that the, the, the our DNA has no choice but to create Alzheimer's. And if we put the right things in and do the right lifestyle things, the, the DNA and the chromosomes and the whole genetic system reprograms for a healthy brain. It doesn't need to put up all these defenses that we call Alzheimer's disease. More with Dr. Timothy Smith, author of Reversing Alzheimer's, straight ahead. Christmas 2020 may be very different than holidays of old. Christmas Eve on the Tom Sumner Program can bring back some treasured memories with an encore of our Thanksgiving 2020 show featuring all holiday music. And our Christmas music is better than everybody else's because it's local. Let the Tom Sumner Program be your Christmas Eve soundtrack streaming from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com, repeating online all day and night. Simulcast on WFOV 92.1. FM in Flint at 9 a.m. and p.m. Happy Holidays from the Tom Sumner Program. We wish you a Merry Christmas from the Tom Sumner
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Twice gonna find out who's naughty or nice. Oh, Santa Claus is coming. He comes to town. He's coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good, for goodness sake. Oh, you better watch out. Better not cry. Better not pout. I'm telling you why. Oh, Santa Claus is coming. He comes to town. He's coming to town. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com
from Kenneth. From Louis. Martavia Newman. From Marisha. Bert Teray. And the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program takes a look back at 2020, Monday and Tuesday, December 28th and 9th, with a two-part special called 2020 Highlights, Not Just COVID. Here, special guests provide commentary and analysis about the Mueller report, impeachment, the State of the Union, State of the State, virtual political conventions and debates, plus civil unrest, and Sheriff Chris Swanson's response to local demonstrations, and a whole lot more. Listen December 28th and 9th because there was more to 2020 than COVID-19. Stream the show from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com, repeating online all day and night. Or tune in on 92.1 FM in Flint at 9 a.m. and p.m. both nights. That's 2020 highlights, not just COVID, December 28th and 9th on the Tom Sumner Program. More with Dr. Timothy Smith, author of Reversing Alzheimer's, straight ahead. Well, let me let me ask you this. This is interesting because the the title of your book is uh, "Reversing Alzheimer's" by Dr. Timothy J. Smith. the The title itself is is interesting to me because it says "reversing Alzheimer's," and the little that I've read and heard about Alzheimer's, it seemed like everything was about prevention. That once it settled in um the patient was just going to deteriorate until death and there was not really much to do about it except manage some behaviors well yeah and i mean you put your finger on the dramatic change that came about when dr bredesen published his paper in 2014 we we realized that uh, prevention wasn't the only only way of of dealing with that in fact it Really, what even that didn't work until he understood these molecular changes that happen every as a result of of the the lifestyle stuff. But but um, the, in the book, I, I want to speak to the idea of reversal. It, it yeah. rankles a lot of the mainstream establishment doctors because we're not supposed to say we can cure anything. The FDA really has outlawed that word, and. Um, here we are, here I am, saying we can do it, and others, too. Others are saying it, too. Um, I go deeply into the molecular biology of, and this isn't a technical book, it's for the average layperson to understand, but I, I have a knack at translating these biochemistry ideas into laypeople's language. And, and what I, I talk about reversal and how it works on a cellular level, and and how how each of the treatment items that we talk about, the the foods and the supplements and exercise, how they alter the the molecular biology of our systems in such a way that Alzheimer's doesn't happen anymore. And so it is reversal, and it's reversal in the deepest sense of the word, in the most scientific sense of the word. The the um, the. the the disease is now reversible, and and you could say curable because that's that's what I really mean when I say reversible. The, and it doesn't 
just to speak to the other part of your question, it, it, it doesn't have to be addressed at the prevention level. The disease can actually have moved into major memory problems, what we call SCI, subjective cognitive impairment, or even into MCI, which is the next phase, it's a uh, uh, um, mean cause of cognitive impairment or moderate cognitive impairment. It's, it's the next stage where you know, the, the person is clearly being diagnosed as dementia and probably Alzheimer's. And so, so, and these changes, these biochemical changes that happen start decades before the actual disease makes itself known. The, the, and the, and the, that's why the prevention aspect of it works so well. It, does, it always works better to prevent something than to try to cure it. But, but the, when I say reversal, I mean you can be in the middle stages of Alzheimer's. And Dr. Bredesen has published a number of cases where people have lost the ability to work, they lost the ability to actually manage their lives in any meaningful kind of way, and the and the disease in all of them, and nine out of ten in the first study, and those numbers are pretty much holding up since then. And he's publishing a, a book later on next year uh, of a hundred his hundred first hundred cases. The 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 disease is. There's a point of no return which is reached when these lifestyle measures and no no treatment will work. But that's pretty far along. Most of these patients that he's shown reversal in have been middle mid stage Alzheimer's. I mean, they had been having memory problems for for years and decades in some cases. So, uh, and of course, once the disease has progressed to the point where there's deeper structural damage to the brain, then, then you can't, it doesn't work anymore. I mean, there's a point at which treatment won't work. This, this new treatment won't work. But that's pretty far, far down the line. The brain, and one of the great discoveries that went into this book is the realization, starting back in the 60s, but not really to the last 10 or 15 years, the realization that nerve cells can regenerate. We call it neuroregeneration, but nerve cells can grow. The, the, the thought that I grew up with and most everybody grew up with was that if we lost any brain cells at all, that was it for this particular lifetime for that brain. You don't grow them back, but now we know they're growing back all the time and they're regenerating and renewing themselves all the time. I'm and glad you helps. said that about brain cells, uh, yeah. Rejuvenating so that's, that, because that's how we fix it. I mean, that's that's the key to fixing it. All these lifestyle changes actually go to stimulating neural regeneration. I I know when I was a little younger, Tim, I, I I'm sure I damaged a lot of my brain cells. I think we all did. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's but you're right. We I remember at the time um, people talking about. Uh, Oh, whether it was recreational drug use or or drinking a lot, that when you be, when you practice those behaviors, you were killing brain cells that you would never get back again. That's what we thought. That is what we thought, and and it wasn't, and it was it wasn't just sciency types. It was everybody believed that, and it's fascinating. First of all, to acknowledge that brain cells do, re, you know, regenerate, 
um, but also that that can be a treatment for people who have um, have had that kind of damage develop. And, and it makes me wonder about other kinds of brain injury. If, if it's this, the treatment for these things helps with those things or treatments that, that people started exploring for other kinds of brain injury have impacted uh, these discoveries about Alzheimer's. Yes, I mean, it, it's... Kind uh, of a chicken and the egg question. Well, no, it's a great question, and and the the fact is that the same, the exact same lifestyle treatments, I'll call them collectively, the diet, supplements, and exercise, and all the components that go into that, that that lifestyle approach is not just directed at Alzheimer's, it's directed at all neurodegenerative diseases, including traumatic brain injury, and there are studies showing that it works for that, there, and, and um, drug-induced types of uh, brain injury, and um, any, any neurodegenerative disease will be benefited by this approach, and in many, many cases, I'll say most cases, reversed or cured. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a key thing, and the the research is looks at it on this deeper level of what reverses neurodegeneration. The the cause can be lots of different things, even infection. Now, in this process of of reversing the damage, um, I'm I'm a little bit curious about someone suffering from Alzheimer's. Do they lose all of uh, all of their memories, or is it short-term memories? And and what I'm getting at is, are there memories um, when we have this kind of damage that become just corrupted files, and we may, you know, regain the ability to remember, but some things are gone for good. Well, it depends on how far along the disease has progressed, but for the most part, in the early and middle stages, with these kinds of uh, treatments that I'm describing and that I go into in the book, the, 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 it's more like you unplug the computer, but the hard drive is intact. If you fix the, 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 the plug-in part or get the computer working, then, then the, the, the memories are still there. The files all come back. Access the... problem, I'll put it another way, it's an access problem rather than the files have been damaged, corrupted, or destroyed. Gotcha. They're, they're sitting there. You just can't get them. Uh, the model I like is... Uh, all these memories are in a little teeny part of the brain. It's maybe the size of, a, of an olive. Uh, uh, it's called the hippocampus. The whole lifetime of memories is stored there. And the hippocampus communicates with other parts of the brain, but that's where the storage is. It's like a library with lots of floors in it and the, lots of shelves and the, each of the you know, books in the shelves. And so, so the library doesn't, doesn't get damaged, at least not in the early stages of the disease. It's just that you can't go in there and get the books and look things up quickly and get the answer. So, and if you've ever had, I mean, all of us as we're getting older, get these little lapses in memory. And if you've noticed, what happens is that you, you can't think of a, a name, for example, and then you wait a minute or two and it just pops into your head. It's, it was there before when you couldn't remember it. It's just the access system wasn't able to 
process finding it as 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 that's that phenomenon that I go through many times a week where I walk into a room and have no idea why I went in there. Yeah, and this is the you know this is not Alzheimer's disease. This is what we call you know senile. Uh, you know we all our brains are getting older and they slow down just like everything else. But they but they uh, if they're nourished properly and if the causes of Alzheimer's are removed, that that it'll never go beyond that. How do you and and. This is what I, I want to kind of do in our remaining time is start with how you know it's Alzheimer's and and then when when do you know that it's it's time to do treatment and how do you start doing the treatments and and that sort of thing. So let me start with that that phenomena that I experience where I walk into a room and all of a sudden I I think to myself, what did I come in here for? That's not necessarily Alzheimer's. At what point do we start having experiences similar to that? And either we should be aware of it or people around us should be aware this is this has moved on to something else. Well, it has to get a lot worse than that. But the, 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 the answer is prevention the answer is that if you start using these techniques now and learn or learn the kind of dietary changes you need to make and learn the start taking the supplements that help uh, keep the brain healthy and keep exercising every day um, the that will never it won't progress if you're not if you're not going to get Alzheimer's let me back up and say going into a room and not remembering where you are or not being able to think of a particular word or name, uh, those are early memory deficits that happen in normal people who will never get worse and never develop Alzheimer's or dementia. And it also happens exactly the same way in people who are going to go on and get dementia. And, and that the number is about one in three. One in three of us are going to get Alzheimer's unless we do something like what's described in my book. So, so well, and that's what I was getting at, Tim. No was, way to know from just that symptom. Well, I, you know, I, you said you've seen a lot worse. I have too. Um, my mother, who passed away uh, a few years ago, was was extremely disoriented toward the end, and and um, many of us have experienced that with a friend or a loved one. And my my question was, when do we when do we know that that's what's happening? Um, it isn't just when you can't find your keys one morning or walk right. into a room and don't remember why you went in there. Where where is the line that gets crossed so that we know there's a problem? Well, my, I'm, I'm not trying to avoid your question. Or is it different for everybody? Is it, you know... That's... No, it's, it's, it's pretty much the same for everybody. It's just more severe memory loss. And then the, the, when, if it progresses really way down the road, then you start getting structural changes in the rest of the brain and the, the, the uh, cerebral cortex starts getting... It, it goes beyond the confusion and the disorientation and the slow decision-making into 
personality changes and uh, depression, confusion, hesitancy, and slow decision making. Uh, it's a gradual change, and it's you know uh, my there there isn't any simple test. There's no easy way to tell. But my point is, and the whole my my crusade is to get people to take it seriously while it's still in this early phase and reverse it. It's all, it's totally reversible. Dr. Bredesen says 99% of dementia, 99% of Alzheimer's can be re- prevented from happening at all. And if we wait until we're down the road where there are deeper structural changes, then it gets harder and harder to do that. So well, there isn't an, there isn't any it, it's a it's a it's like going down a slide, you know. You, the, there's no particular point which is the most relevant. When uh, well let me ask this, is there a, a ticking clock of any kind? Is there a certain age when we had better start doing some of these things or we do run a risk? Yes. Um, I, well, yes and no. I mean, it's a very slowly ticking clock. So there's plenty of leeway and plenty of time to make these changes, and it's easier to make gradual changes. But uh, in, I think in one's 40, 40s is when everybody should start, whether they have symptoms or not, and start taking care of their brain and eating properly and uh, walking two miles every day at least and and taking some supplements to help brain function. Um, at that point, very few people will have any symptoms of any kind, and they can keep it that way if they keep on doing the right things. The, the, the minute it starts getting into serious memory loss, I mean, uh, beyond the losing the keys and forgetting the words and stuff, then, then it really needs to be aggressively treated, and it's still totally curable at that stage. So... And, and uh, Dr. Bredesen has taken pa- patients who are were fairly far down that path and brought them back. Uh, there's a lot of hope and well, this is this is really big news, isn't on. it? Pardon? This is really big news, isn't it? It, it is. It is. It's it's. You know, I, I, uh, I take COVID very seriously, and um, I'm not downplaying it in the least. It's a horrible thing that's happening to us right now. But if you look at the actual numbers of people on the earth that will die from COVID and compare it with those that will die from Alzheimer's or would have died if they did, didn't, you know, people that don't take advantage of this information, and go on to get severe cases of it. The the numbers are astonishing. It's a thousand times more people uh, that are alive today will die of Alzheimer's than COVID. Well, of course, we're going to take COVID seriously, but at one point, COVID will be gone. It'll be gone. It'll be gone in probably about a year, year, two years, maybe. And this is something that, you know, people have been dealing with for forever. And uh, and it will still be here when COVID's long gone. If so yeah, it's incredible. News. If we don't it take really steps, is. so this reverse that many, you know, death sentences. It's 
unbelievable. Well, and and to um, make the world a little less foggy for the one in three people that are are likely to suffer from this is yes. uh, is a real positive thing. Um, you know, even if you weren't one of the people who was uh, predestined to go on and get full blown Alzheimer's, if you're if the person is not one of those three, they still will benefit because, as we were talking about earlier, the this this kind of program, this kind of a, approach, helps the entire brain and the whole body to be healthier. It's the same. It's the same as an anti aging doctor. It's the same program I would put a person on. To make them just generally healthier. So, well, this is this is uh, phenomenal news, and and I am so glad, Tim, that you were able to spend some time with me to talk about it. My guest is Dr. Timothy J. Smith, the author of Reversing Alzheimer's. And uh, Tim, I, I can't believe how fast the time has gone, but I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more. Obviously, the book is a great place to start, but um, do you have a website? There's a lot of information on my website, which is timsmithmd.com, timsmithmd.com. Excellent. And uh, if people go there, they'll get explanations similar to what we've been talking about today and a lot more. So... And thank you for having me. It's really been a pleasure. Well, thank you so much, and uh, and and keep up the good work. Well, thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. That was uh, Dr. Timothy J. Smith, the author of Reversing Alzheimer's. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight The Tom Sumner Program takes a look back at 2020, Monday and Tuesday, December 28th and 9th, with a two-part special called 2020 Highlights, Not Just COVID. Here, special guests provide commentary and analysis about the Mueller report, impeachment, the State of the Union, State of the State, virtual political conventions and debates, plus civil unrest, and Sheriff Chris Swanson's response to local demonstrations, and a whole lot more. Listen December 28th and 9th because there was more to 2020 than COVID-19. Stream the show from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com, repeating online all day and night. Or tune in on 92.1 FM in Flint at 9 a.m. and p.m. both nights. That's 2020 highlights, not just COVID, December 28th and 9th on the Tom Sumner Program. Sumner Program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out.
We want to say hello, we want to see you smile, we'd like to sing some good old Christmas songs. With songs about Santa and his reindeer sleigh, and gee, I just can't wait until it's Christmas Day. We're going to set you wise, we love to harmonize, and if we had our way, we'd never stop. We'll say hello, we'll see you smile, and we'll sing some good old Christmas songs. We'll say hello, we'll see you smile, and we'll sing some good old Christmas songs. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hi, this is Tom Bodette from Manger 6. We know you've been traveling a lot this holiday season, and you've probably been told there's no room at the inn. Well, that's just not the case here at Manger 6. Why, for just 29 drachma, we'll put you up in a warm, comfortable stable with plenty of fresh milk for the newborn. There's even individual stalls for your mules, camels, or whatever you happen to be driving across the desert. And in case unexpected visitors decide to drop in on you, shepherds, wise men, holy ghosts, it's not a problem at Manger 6. There's plenty of frankincense and myrrh to go around. This is Tom Bodet from Manger 6 reminding you, there's always room at this inn. We'll even leave a star out for you. 
welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. AAA is, uh, well, they celebrated their 100th anniversary in 2016. Um, And from time to time, I get uh, uh, press releases and things, and I try and share some of that with you. Um, A a recent uh, survey done by AAA suggests, and, and... I have to say I'm not entirely shocked by this, but men are more aggressive behind the wheel. And we're going to talk about that and some other things about driving and driving tips with um, Adrian Woodland from uh, AAA, who joins me now by phone. Hi, Adrian. Welcome to the show. Hi, Tom. Thank you for having me. Were you as shocked as uh, I am that uh, men were found to be more aggressive behind the wheel? Oh, personally, I was not. I was actually not surprised <laughs> either. I wasn't either, but there were some interesting things in the survey. Um, for example, um, speeding is, is being one of the more aggressive behaviors. And women really aren't that far behind men when it comes to that. No, and actually that was one of the things, parts of the survey that actually did surprise me, is although you know the percentages for men were higher, the women were not lagging very far behind. For instance, when it comes to speeding, um, one of the areas was driving 15 miles over the speed limit on a freeway. 52% of males uh, admitted that they had done that, whereas almost 45% of females admitted. So it's you know it's not it's a very small difference uh, between males and females in a category like speeding. Now I was uh let's see one of the uh, one of the areas I was kind of interested in was the making of rude gestures or honking at <laughs> other drivers and I can only assume that that means men are more likely to flip someone off than women but I was surprised that women 28% of them might honk yes. or make a rude gesture I thought that was kind of high for women yeah, I, I was actually surprised at that myself as well. Uh, and on the men's side, it's a little over 35% for that same. And I thought that uh, seemed a little low. <laughs> well. That, that's just my reaction to it, Adrian. <laughs> I, I, wasn't, I, I wasn't really looking for a comment. I just, um, it's, it's just my opinion. But, mm-hmm. but, that, but that stems from the fact that People are taking their stresses into the car with them more mm-hmm. now than I ever remember. Um, it, it seems like people are kind of uptight when they're driving. Is that, do, do you kind of get the same sense or is there a, a survey that, that backs that up? Yeah, you know, one of the things that we found with this survey is regardless of gender, Nearly eight in ten Americans, or seventy-nine percent, have de- demonstrated aggressive behaviors behind the wheel. Whether it's speeding, red light running, and cutting other drivers off, it can kill you, your passengers, and others on the roadway. Driving aggressively isn't worth the risk. When you get behind the wheel, drivers need to be patient, be kind, and obey traffic laws so that everyone gets home safely. Here's here's one that I think we've maybe we've all done at one time or another. I know I certainly have. Um, it's it's considered aggressive driving 
to switch lanes quickly and or very close behind another car or or I would assume in front of as well. Um, and, and I have found myself doing that because all of a sudden I'm surprised my exit has come up on the expressway. And so I, I try to, to thread the needle and get over to the lane I need to be in to, to use the exit. And I have cut people off, not, not intentionally, but just at the last minute, just scrambling, I sort of panicked. Um, I imagine everybody has done that at a time at one time or another but really the right thing to do is to just go ahead and bite the bullet go down to the the next exit turn around come back and then get off at the exit right yes certainly and some of the AAA rules of the road um that we provide is you know follow posted speed limits maintain an adequate following distance use your turn signals allow others to merge uh use your high beams responsibly and be considerate in parking lots. Park in one spot, not across multiple spaces, and be careful not to hit cars next to you with your doors. So just some of those things, if you can just remember some of those things, it helps, you know, on the roadway. And certainly if you encounter an aggressive driver on the road or even find your temper rising, remember to slow yourself down, breathe deeply, and safely create distance between you and other motorists. Aggressive drivers are likely not thinking about their potential impact on others until it's too late. Well, yeah, because, you know, a lot of times people will feel like they're they're rushed because they, they have a list of things they want to get done very quickly or they're late for an appointment or something. So they speed. They cut in front of people. They, um, you know, are more apt to... Uh, follow too closely or or um you know drive through a red light i've i've had some turn on me it seems like i was halfway through um but again it's it's stuff that we do when we're not thinking and and the real lesson in this survey is think when you're driving right and Yes, definitely. And, you know, one of the things with this uh, survey coming out when it, you know, at the time of the year that it's coming out, holidays are already a stressful time of the year. And it was already stressful enough prior to a pandemic. So this season, we expect tensions are likely to be elevated on the roadways. And we're just trying to warn drivers to avoid aggression when behind the wheel. And some of those aggressive behaviors, like we've already discussed, are speeding, tailgating, red light running, honking, or making rude gestures. Those are just some examples of aggressive behavior. And, you know, AAA encourages drivers to maintain a cool head and focus on reaching their destination safely. And we want to offer a couple of tips to help prevent road rage. First is don't offend. Never cause another driver to change their speed or direction, and that means not forcing another driver to use their brakes or turn the steering wheel in response to something you have done. Second, be tolerant and forgiving. The other driver may just be having a really bad day. Assume that it's not personal. And lastly, do not respond. Avoid eye contact. Don't make gestures. 
maintain space around your vehicle and contact 911 if needed. Yeah, there there may be a time when you come up against another driver who is being very aggressive and and maybe being rude and the answer isn't to flip them off. Definitely and, not. And make them more angry. Um perhaps that's that's a time when you need to you know just just kind of steer your way out of the situation and and maybe report it to the police if it's aggressive enough. Yes, certainly. Um, do you think because of the pandemic, Adrian, that uh, that maybe there'll be a little less traffic and rushing around as people are maybe shopping more online and, and more inclined to stay in? Um, that's certainly a possibility. Uh, you know, the holidays are definitely going to look different than they have in years past. Uh, even Black Friday looks different with a lot of retailers offering no specials a day earlier and online. So it's possible that you may not have the crowds that you had in years past, uh, but it's also possible that you may see, you know, crowds around the malls and other areas. You know, one thing we tell drivers is, you know, always be alert, always be alert, know your surroundings, and definitely, you know, let cooler heads prevail. I mentioned earlier that, um, that, AAA puts out a lot of useful information, and uh, one of the things that comes to mind are the uh, is the tracking of gas prices. And I uh, I get those notices, and I I try to share them from time to time when I can. Um, but what are some of the other uh, reports and, and surveys that AAA does? Well, our AAA. Uh, sorry, hold on one second. Um, I'm sorry, our AAA Traffic Safety Foundation does a lot of research like this aggressive driving uh, research. We also do a lot of research when it comes to autonomous vehicles. We do surveys Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, Traffic safety, we do a lot of information on traffic safety, whether it's distracted driving, uh, impaired driving. So those are some of the, the type of topics that you'll see information from AAA on. And and can the general public access this information? Oh, sure. They can go to AAA.com. It's that easy. Do you have links to all the things? Because I noticed for the um, uh, this aggressive uh, driving survey, you have a uh, Prevent Road Rage uh, page at your website. Yes. Yes, that's actually AAA.com slash Prevent Road Rage. And, and, there, and you can all... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead, Adrian. No, and also on AAA.com, you can find information about varying surveys that our AAA Traffic Safety Foundation has done over the years and throughout the course of 2020. And gas prices and, and lots more. Um, yes. Adrian, thank you so much for spending a little time to talk about this. And uh, um, happy holidays to you and yours and uh, safe driving. Thank you. That was uh, Adrian Woodland, a spokesperson for uh, AAA, talking about a survey they did, which shockingly says men are more aggressive behind the wheel than women, but not a whole lot more. Anyway. Uh, We'll take a uh, short break, and we'll be back with more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. 
Hi, I'm Alexander Zajic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner.